Megan Fun of Sports is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome to what is going to be a bittersweet episode of Megan Fun of Sports. I am Megan Gailey, joined as always by Megan Connolly. Hi, Megan. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> that was so high Barbie of us. Hi, Megan. Hi, Megan. You know, it is funny that you say that because today I had to do WWE's The Bump and I get hair and makeup and my girl said, what are we doing today? And I said, I want a Barbie moment. So we got pink. Pink on the eyes. I showed her a picture of Margot Robbie. I still don't look like her, but you know yes, what? You do. Right. Yes, you do. You look so Barbie. Um, I just had my top lip lasered. And so that's Ooh. my Barbie moment. This is the what is the top treatment. lip laser for? To get rid of the my my uh, mustache. <laughs> oh, oh, it's the hair laser removal. I didn't know no. if we were doing plumping. No, I didn't no, no. know if we're okay. I'm having no, I'm having above my um lip laser hair removed. Um, okay. I'm I've had three, three treatments. I'm thrilled for me. Um, It hurts. And that's that. I had other parts of my body done. That's why I had to uh, push the podcast a little bit. Um, But as I said at the top, uh, this is very sad, Megan. And I, and I feel like, you know, this is going to come as a shock. It came majorly as a shock to us. I don't want the listeners to think we've been keeping anything like this has all sort of developed in the last few days. This will unfortunately be the final episode of Megan Fun of Sports. There is a restructuring happening. Um, Some folks from the Extra Points Network are going on to different pastures. Some are staying. Uh, Megan and I have both decided uh, because of this restructuring you know, we're, we're going to um, work on some solo projects. We're going to yes. Beyonce and Kelly Rowland it and Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams went on to be a gorgeous gospel singer. So that's what we're going to be doing. We love each other. We do. Um, I feel like we're telling our kids we got a divorce. Uh, this is. We're Megan- not breaking up. I want everybody no. to know this is not a Megan and Megan have beef type of situation. Right. We are just, we are just uh, moving on into yeah. a different role. Yeah. So. I have beef with no one. Um, and I think that doesn't really have beef with anyone. So it, it just, it just is what happens in this biz. I am really sad. I think the thing that I'll miss the most is seeing you. I hope we can continue our voice memos and our oh, texting and, um, sending each other, you know, funny screenshots and our impersonations of people. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's the end of an era. It is. It is. We really, um, we met at the beginning of this. You, I think maybe I was one of the first people, not first, but like I talked to you on the phone and you were like, Hey, I got to tell you something. I know we're just talking on the phone for the first time, but I'm pregnant because I was like, Oh, I'm going to be in LA. Let's get a drink. And you were like, I'm pregnant, but don't tell anybody. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. But I I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I hadn't said it. I hadn't, you know, gone public with my pregnancy in the Rihanna fashion yet. 
Yes. But I mean, it's crazy to see now we went from that moment. Um, I was going through my camera roll the other day. We took a picture when we were in LA together with our backpacks. You met my husband, you met my brother-in-law and really like we hit it off from the beginning. So really thankful that I got the chance to work with you. I know we will be friends for a very long time and forever, say forever, forever. We will be friends forever. You welcome me into your home. I can't, well, I can't wait to welcome you into my home when it's done. And when you are in Connecticut and, um, I know big, big things coming for both of us. So that's, that's exciting. U.S. Open next year. Um, speaking of, we'll probably do some sappy stuff at the end too. So, you know, we're going to get to sports now. Um, speaking of the U.S. Open, I will kick off this week's um, more on Unmensch. My Mensch goes to the U.S. Open world. Now, my Mensch is a German tennis player named Laura Sieg- Siegmund. I have to confirm that. This was a story I was on the total opposite side of. Laura Siegman and Coco Goff, who I absolutely love, played in the first round of the U.S. Open. Uh, Laura is 35 years old, and she was taking extra time uh, in between serves. And Coco Goff got to the point where she did complain to the chair ump because it was getting egregious. And the U.S. Open is notorious for the fans being so invested and rooting hard for the Americans. It's in the name. And so it has a lot of like patriotic proud um, pride there. I mean, and and so the crowd really got on her. And I think if I had been in that crowd, I would have been like, Boo, Germany, come on, keep it going. Then she does this press conference after, and I and I watched it almost in its entirety. She was crying. She breaks down in in sobs and it and you and you almost see her in real time, I think have a realization of it may be time to retire. But So I think that's what some of the tears are. Some of the tears, too, were she feels like the crowd was unfair to her. And and whether you agree with that or not, as I just said, I probably would have been booing her and right along with the crowd. I do. I do like this sort of wave that I public personas are going in to say, hey, you can. You can dislike me, but at the end of the day, I am still a person and I am not a figurehead. I am not just a tennis racket flopping in the wind. I am a human. I have feelings. There are emotions attached to this and you can boo me, but I'm going to say, hey, that really sucked. And I think it was unfair. And I just really appreciated her, her vulnerability. I don't think every story needs an enemy. If there's someone who was quote unquote wrong, I think it was the chair ump who let the violations go on, which sort of ended up making the situation get out of hand. But I say kudos to Coco Goff for standing up for herself. And also kudos to Laura saying, I didn't like the way that I was treated. Yeah, I think um, to your point, like there's always a villain and there's always a good guy. Um, And when you get booed, right, like in the world that I work in, as long as you're getting a reaction, that is better than getting no reaction. But obviously, um, she's towards the end of her career. She's not at the point where she's looking to be booed. So I think that was jarring for her. Mm -hmm. Um, If I was in that situation, you lean into those boos. Double birds, we out of here, you know, like lean into those boos. If they're going to make you the enemy, 
then you become an even bigger enemy is what I say about all of that. But she handled it with class, which yeah. obviously based on how I'm describing things is something that I would not have done. Ditto. Um, Ditto. So was that your more or your mensch? That was my mensch. Okay, so my mensch of the week. Oh my gosh, the boys from Gundo have captured the nation. Megan, I am surprised that you... Scott the Grizz Holmes, Mikey Meatballs, Eddie, Sal, everybody who lives in LA, you all should have been waiting. Oh, yes. Okay. For the Little League World Series champions to arrive home in El Segundo. Oh my gosh. I was so obsessed with the Little League World Series. They have given me much more entertaining baseball than the White Sox have this entire season. So thank you to the Little League World Series. It really is a great event. I love watching these kids get into it. It's such a cool experience. And for an American team to go on and win, I mean, the Little League World Series have been going on for quite a while now. So for them to just put together this run and not have a day where like the bats were dead or pitching couldn't put it together, but it was really the way that they won. So um, Louis Lapis, I hope I said his name right, he hit a home run in walk-off fashion for the boys from Gundo to win the championship. And I just think he peaked right there. Life is never, ever, no. ever, ever, ever going to get no, better. No, we need it to go yes. on. We need it to go on and get better. He is six foot one. He is 12 years old, old allegedly. There's there's way too many boys on this team that are above six foot and who are allegedly 12 years one. old. But um, Lewis, congratulations. Lou, I think is what he goes by. Um, so happy for you. So stoked for you. They kept cutting to your teammate Brody. Also six foot. His mom, I think she's really hot. Um, right. Hey, you know, Lou. Maybe I can't, I I can't afford to live there. I'm sure the moms are super hot. Lou is going to be the most popular kid in whatever grade it is. Sixth grade, seventh grade. I mean, he is going to have a date to every homecoming dance. I mean, he, this is, this is it. And I think when we check in on Lou 30 years from now, he's probably going to be working in a bar in El Segundo and have uh, the little league world series championship trophy yeah. sitting there on the bar. But um, I did check in with the locals. I did check in with Mikey and Scott to make sure they were, you know, really taking it in and being the out ground. there with the community and celebrating this. Michael, um, I'm very disappointed in him. He was watching on his phone. He was not out with the Gundo crew. He was not at the watch party, which was at George Brett Field. Um, Scott, however, was out and about. He was at the bars with the locals, sent me a video of all the people singing We Are the Champions. And um, I love I love community. I love when people are out there and, and really get people into love, this stuff. People love an excuse to drink too, to celebrate. Yeah. I, well, mean, and then, I mean, celebrate. And then we started talk, thinking about how weird I am because Michael was like, I don't want to go to a field and watch like young boys play. And I was like, I don't even have a child in Florida and I've gone to many um, high school sporting events. Like, uh, I've gone to high school basketball yeah. games, like, yes. you know, Lake Highland, their state champs really got behind them this past year. We and went to our local high school football game and everybody was looking at me like I was a mean teacher, like because the school, the neighborhood we used to live in, the high school used to be 99% Filipino. So it's like, a, mm. so everyone was looking at CJ like thumbs up and then looking at me like I bet that teaches English and I'm like I just live around the corner and love football but I mean it is fun I love the local stuff oh, we would yeah. pull up the ESPN top top rankings fight figure out Megan? what the kids are looking at for school and I'm just gonna say Connecticut 
I'm a little nervous for because the football in Florida, the high school football in Florida is good. Yeah. Connecticut, I might have to start getting into high school lacrosse. Okay. While we were talking high school sports, I texted you this, but I want all the listeners to know too. There is an insane documentary on HBO right now called BS High. People will remember it's Bishop Sycamore. It was the fake high school that made it onto ESPN. I don't know why the man who is behind this agreed to do an interview for this documentary. He's going to wind up in jail or dead. It, like he comes across truly insane. The story is wild. The documentary is very well done. Um, you're probably seeing a lot of memes of this like man in question. His name's Roy Johnson. He does like the Pennywise smile. Go watch that. Um, all about, you know, high school athletics and, and the, and the bad side of it. Um, okay. Eddie, come in and give us your mensch this week. Sure. Um, I mentioned a simple one. We all saw week zero college football is back. My Notre Dame fighting Irish had the big game uh, or I guess big game, but a lot of people did watch it over three, three and a half million people uh, on NBC watching the Irish fly to double and take on Navy. They get my men just because a lot of pressure in that game. It's it's everyone's anticipating the return of football. So a lot of eyes are on them. Um, you know, Marcus Freeman in his second year has a lot to prove. Sam Hartman transfer from Wake, uh, a lot to prove as well. Plus, the travel does screw up with some teams. Navy, who runs the triple option, screws up with some teams. And uh, plus, it was raining out, too. So you kind of take away from the passing attack. None of that happened. I mean, Notre Dame held Navy to under uh, three yards rushing. I believe it was like 2.7 yards per carry for a team that really only moves the ball uh, on the ground. Sam Harmon did not think he was going to have a humongous game just due to the weather conditions and because um, Notre Dame should be able to move the ball, move the, uh, the line of scrimmage because their offense line is fantastic. He had four touchdown passes in his debut with the Irish. That was great. Um, you know, good teams beat bad teams. So I don't like to hear people who poo-poo this. Uh, you know, they're playing an armed force naval academy. Uh, who cares about it? Look at the SEC. They always have cupcake games on there. And uh, like I said, good teams put away those bad teams. And uh, hopefully it's the first step of uh, many good victories for this Irish team. So very pleased with that uh, blowout dominant victory. Yeah, because Megan's Northwestern Wildcats won in Ireland last year to kick off the season. And then yep. they won again. Yeah, they beat um, Nebraska, who was okay. allegedly going to be good. And they weren't good. And no, and then they fired hasn't, hasn't won. Since then, now, I watched the Notre Dame game. I was impressed with their offense, especially having a new offensive coordinator. Um, I also was really happy. Sal and I decided to bet all of the unders and four, uh, four, four hit and uh, three did not. So it was a it was a fun day. And um, my mega lock of the week was Caleb Williams over three and a half passing touchdowns. He had four. We are back. I am so excited. I will tell you all about my NFL futures. I went on a spree yesterday. I really, I thought the um, stadium in Dublin looked so cool. And then I love, CJ was like, what is, what is that on their uniforms? I was like, a, a Gaelic pattern. Like, I didn't know what to call like, it. was like, not? I, thank you. There thank you. It. He was like, is that their crest? I'm like, no, the crest usually has like lions or something, you know. Um, okay. Gosh. A, just so many things to pick for morons this week. The list goes on and on. I'm sure you all think I'm going to pick the Colts, but I've really beat that dead horse. Um, so my moron. Ooh, OK, it was a toss up to the very end. I have to go with guaranteed rate field staff. <laughs> Megan. Okay. Yes, I know. It's just that is, they let someone in with a gun. That is where the Chicago White Sox play. Now, this story 
people are injured. And so it is very bad. It also involves a gun being brought into a stadium, which is so bad, could be absolutely catastrophic, especially when you see just the terrible things that have transpired over the last week. Now, it is being reported that a woman brought, snuck a gun in through, in her, in her fat rolls. <sighs> Let's take a, a beat to let that sink in. Now, she is contesting that is not what happened, but a gun did go off. This isn't just like a gun was brought in and it fell and nothing bad. A gun went off to teachers as if teachers don't have enough to worry about when they're at school. Two teachers celebrating the start of the school year were shot. This woman who says she didn't bring the gun in, but authorities say she did bring the gun in. It's all bad, but really, there's there's metal detectors. How do you get a gun through a metal detector unless someone's doing a really bad job? And I hate to pile on your white socks, but like, listen, they oh, this is going to go down as a bad season. Yeah, they deserve it a lot of ways. It is interesting. I actually know a guy that I used to work with at the Patriots who since left the Patriots and has this job where he literally for work has to break into sporting events, concerts, all of these things and get as close to the action as he can. And then when he gets stopped by someone, he shows them his card. And then that person immediately is in trouble. Obviously, wow. um, So he has actually gotten courtside at NBA with a knife <gasps> taped to the side of his leg. Well, and this so happened at Coors like Field. This. A guy got onto Coors Field and like hugged. Um, yes. Oh, I saw that. So, I mean, listen, I agree. Like the White Sox, they definitely deserve the moron. The staff at Guaranteed Right Field deserves the moron. These things, um, I don't know how they happen, but they do happen from time to time. Um, We've never seen this like a shooting in left field or this gun going off. Um, It is bad. It is very, very bad. Um, A lot more questions than answers as it relates to this. Um, It happened in left center field is what... The report states uh, not really any reason to go to a White Sox game the rest of this season. Um, and now I would really stay away from. And, and then there was field. like a car that drove into a crowd earlier. Like it's it's scary out there. It it's not um, good. I actually, you know, I was supposed to throw out the first pitch. I yeah. emailed them following up with my surgery. And, you know, I don't with this season. I don't want to go there. I don't yeah. Right now. But I do want to throw up my pitch. Um, they gave me like four dates and none of them work for me anyway. So next year is a new year, a new season. Gives me yeah. the off season, the train. I was out there throwing, throwing, doing a little long toss with the injury this weekend. Not even kidding. And uh, arm was a little sore. Not going to lie. A little, little sore. Um, okay. My moron of the week. You guys know I love track and field. I really do love it. And they actually are doing a um, F1 type of documentary on Netflix where they follow track and field stars. It's going to come out next year. However, this is not good for track and field whatsoever. Um, the world championships are going on, and Noah Lyles won um, a world championship. He's a sprinter, and he had this quote to say, which I'm going to read it to you. But it was not very well thought out. He said, you know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA finals, and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? The United States. States and this was Noah Lyles on how hard it is to win a world championship title in track and field. I think what and obviously NBA players Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, um, many NBA players responded to this saying, you know, somebody needs to help this guy. He clearly doesn't understand. Um, 
And I think what Noah was trying to say is, you know, his sports doesn't get enough attention or enough love. But what he doesn't I get realize what he's saying. I, I, the, I'm with NBA him. is the best league in the world. Like Luca is not an American. There are a yes. lot of people from overseas who come to the NBA to play because it is the best and most competitive league in the but world. But I do get what he's saying. Yes, but it was not well thought out. He and it's not like why you got to drag the NBA. Yes, and then it also brings negative attention to a sport that they're trying to grow and build positive attention towards. And the year before an Olympic year, just not a good look for Noah Lyles. Um, you want to be in the news for doing well this season, and hopefully that momentum can carry over into the Olympic year. It can lead to endorsement deals. It can lead to commercials. It can lead to all of these things. And unfortunately, I think that this... Um, comment is going to backfire and hurt him and you know i guess he's an enemy now right well hopefully they're able this is you know able to be resolved and then he gets to like go sit courtside at a son's game and him and kevin duran are fine because it's like all athletes i think especially like of this stature should stick together you know like but to in his defense it is. It has always bumped me a little bit. Like I, I do get what he's saying. I, yes, does the U.S. usually win um, the Olympic gold medal? Yes, but they don't all like the remember. Well, what, especially in sprinting, like with a lot of times it's the Jamaicans they dominate. The but I mean, in basketball, team. remember that disastrous like world of basketball where they didn't win. Like it's like sometimes you lose in basketball. It's rare, but sometimes they do lose. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I think he just um, is sort of misunderstanding that the NBA is not just an American league. It's played in America, but it's not just an American league. It attracts the best players from around the world. That's correct. Correct. So, um, yeah, that's a bummer. Bummer for track and fields. But the world championships were very fun to watch. So, Um, Eddie, do you have a moron? I do. And I feel like I've bashed the Yankees quite a bit, but uh, this, this second now second rate franchise just keeps surprising with how bad they could possibly be. Um, I guess more so Brian Cashman in this regard, but Yesterday they go and um, you know DFA they they release Josh Donaldson you know who was a former AL MVP they make the trade with the Twins they bring him over could have probably moved him to the trading deadline to help a team um, and I say help uh, very loosely but they could have just really dumped his salary and and became sellers which is looking like they really should have done that because they're not going to make the playoffs this year so that was a bonehead move but then even more so of a bonehead move was doing the same thing to Harrison Bader letting him go Harrison Bader was a guy who definitely could have helped the team out. Um, especially with his batting average against, um, you know, left-hand pitching. So a team in contention could have used him. Brian Cashman didn't even tell Harrison Bader that uh, he was put on waivers and he found out in the clubhouse TV and he had to ask teammates, what does that mean being put on waivers? Um, this is the New York Yankees are talking about. This is not a minor league franchise. And um, this sorry excuse for a season just keeps getting worse. Brian Cashman, um, to me, like a guy that I always had his back because he found a way to bring players in who helped uh, contribute. And it's not really done that in the last few seasons. And really thinking back to the Aaron Judge contract negotiations in the offseason um he was a guy that like notoriously kept uh stuff private in terms of you know money and contract length and stuff like that but 
uh, when the judge stuff became public, I was like, this is a different Brian Cashman. Um, the Yankees organization has never been on the same page at all this season. And it just seems like they care more about, you know, retaining money and, and, and keeping their money in their pockets line than putting a winning team out on the field. So uh, I'm finally in the camp of we have to move on from Bar- Brian Cashman to see a winning Yankees team because this current window with these players, the, the window is shrinking rapidly. And these are just two more bonehead moves of a team that uh, it doesn't even seem like the, the team that wears the interlocking NY in their hats. It's just absolutely disgusting. Toxic. Um, it definitely, I mean, Megan, it's got to make you a little happy that the White Sox aren't the only dysfunctional baseball well, team. It's interesting because I had um, uh, Baseball Night in America on on Sunday and they did a whole piece about the Yankees and how much of a disappointment they've been. And then they went to break and then they came back and were like, yeah, but to make things, to make Yankees fans feel better, <laughs> here's the White Sox. And they've actually been the most disappointing team of the last five years. And oh, my God. Yeah. And then they went through the whole thing. They went through, you know, the Chris Sale trade, all the prospects they got, how they they were the favorites to win the World Series in 2022. And then they go through Tony LaRue. They did the whole thing. And um, yeah, it was a great Sunday. I'm so glad you watched that. that. Yeah, it it was on directly after the Little League World Series. And oh, um, boy. uh, Yeah, I did. I did watch it. It was uh, it's uh, it's it's a fun it's a fun time. You know what? On that note, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll get into what a disaster my NFL team is. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL. That's O-M-A-H-A-F-U-L-L. And then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get it right back as a bonus bet. Must be 21 plus. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and rewards credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promo for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem in Arizona? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino? Call 1-800-522-4700. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and response Referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, we are back. The big snooze in the NFL right now is that the Colts did not trade Jonathan Taylor by their self-imposed Tuesday deadline, which was yesterday. I always found the the self-imposed deadline very confusing because it was like, okay, well, if they don't find a trade, then what? And now we find out that then what is he's still not going to play. Um, He's on the pup list. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it sounds cute. You go, he gets a puppy. No, he doesn't get to play for at least four games. And I really don't know if that's because he can't physically play or if because he does not want to play or if because they don't want to play him because they don't want him to get injured and they do want to deal him at some point. If if there is a villain in this story, I think it probably has to be shared between Ursay um, and Jonathan Taylor's new agent. I'd like to put equal blame. I think at some point negotiations really fell apart and got so dire that they ended up being in a very bad situation that it seems like they can't come back from. I tweeted this yesterday. I am feeling shockingly close. Is it still tweeted or is it X'd or is it, what is it? I'm not going to say X'd. Okay, I don't, I don't, but it may be that may be, but I'll be sticking with, um, with, with saying tweet until I, until I leave the Godforsaken website, which I don't know that I'm going to because now that's going to be the NFL season. That's pretty fun. Um, because I'm on strike and feeling devalued, um, I, I feel really close to Jonathan Taylor where it's like, I just want to get paid and I just want to work, but you guys are making it so I can't do that. So I guess Bob Iger is, uh, Jim Irsay in in my mind. It's sad. I think it makes the Colts look bad. I don't think it's great for Jonathan Taylor. I think the, they're saying the Colts were asking for crazy things. If if Jonathan Taylor is not worth a first round draft pick, then I don't want to give him up. I'm like that's how I feel as a fan. I this I know he's hurt. He's one year removed from the rushing title. So it's like, yeah, we're not going to throw him away for for nothing. I wish he was available to play because we have a rookie quarterback. The Colts had four wide receivers that they were keeping and then they cut one today. We have three wide receivers on the roster. That's absolutely insane, especially for a first year rookie quarterback who needs help. He needs support. He needs there to be veterans that he can throw to. And he's got three guys and a running back who can't play. I mean, it really is craziness happening. 
And the unfortunate thing about all of it is I do think that Jonathan Taylor is the one who's going to suffer the most out of all of this, because that's what we've learned about running backs who hold out or running backs who sit out, which is unfortunate. Now, Jonathan Taylor is good enough to be one of those running backs who gets a contract. But now, given the injury, will he? I don't know. But um, you brought that up with the NFL and it it made me think of, you know, Colts future bets, right? I've been really prepping. This is the time of year. You make your money in gambling by placing futures bets. Because if you go, oh, I would have just done that. Like, here's the thing, Pat, if you bet Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP every year, you'll make money. Plus 600 right now. Josh Allen, plus 700. Joe Burrow, plus 700. Throw a little bit of money on all of those things. Like, you're never going to bet a future that you're like, mm, I don't like that one. No, you're a genius before the season starts. We all are. Everything um, looks good. Oh my gosh. You guys got to head on over to Against All Odds and listen to these guys break down all the futures for all of the leagues. I was betting like a maniac yesterday. And now that you bring up all of this Jonathan Taylor stuff, it makes me really want to um, put in some futures on the Colts, which is something I haven't done. Um, staying away from their their playoffs, but... Um, I think maybe like, you know, doing some unders on uh, on uh, Anthony Richardson, season leaders, you know, oh. Anthony Richardson is one of the guys up there to, to be considered for offensive rookie of the year. I, I looked at his odds earlier today. I think he has the third best odds for that. So um, just keep it in mind. Uh, keep all of these things in mind because this is this is the best value that you're you're going to get. Um, now, my team has a quarterback issue, I think. I don't know. Uh, Bailey Zappi. Cut. I know the Patriots, which um, is shocking, but also makes me feel a little bit better because now there is no question. Bill Belichick has sent the message. Mac is who they believe is the guy, at least for this year. Um, And we will see how that goes. But I don't love the move um, heading into the season with not a lot of depth at the quarterback position. Obviously, you need at least two guys, especially Mac Jones last year coming off that ankle injury. What if somebody goes down? Another rumor I heard was that Malik is expected to clear waivers, and then maybe Malik comes over to the Patriots. Bailey Zappi has signed onto the Patriots practice squad, or at least he is expected to. Um, but it is, it's weird. It's very, very weird. Um, this is very Belichickian, though, to sort of create a quarterback controversy and then just end it, it right? Is. Um, yeah. so we we'll, we shall see what happens with that. Um, did you watch Hard Knocks? Yeah. Did you like Hard Knocks? No. Oh I'm, boy, should we do our Hard Knocks review, or do you got any more NFL stuff you want to chat about? The only thing I want to mention while we're talking quarterbacks is I find what's happening with the Arizona Cardinals to be absolutely baffling. Um, the Cardinals cut Colt McCoy. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray is also on the pup list. And yep. they looks like they're going to be rocking with a quarterback named Joshua Dobbs. Now, everyone is sort of like, you know, scratching their head going, this is a tank job. And like, we always say it's very hard to tank in football and it's not a good idea because guys get injured. And just because the organization wants to tank doesn't mean the players want to. Like these guys are still going to go out there and, and play their hearts out. Um, so it's the Cardinals are a team. I always forget. They're like the number one team. I forget is an NFL team. Total disarray. I I'm feeling 
you know, nervous for the Colts, very excited to see Anthony Richardson. And then I also am looking around going, there's a lot of bad teams. And like the season hasn't even started. And I know that there's a lot of bad teams. Well, see, if they, even if there's a bad team, you can make money on it. But I'm going to have the worst record. I mean, you're going to get you're going to make money off of that. It's, but there are a lot of teams that don't have a definitive answer at quarterback. And obviously that position is valued so, 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 so much. And so much changes with it. Right. Like. Not long ago, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, right? Not long ago, Kyler Murray, he was the answer. You know, there all of these things happen and we learn from them. Um, but I do think we are in sort of a transition era with these quarterbacks where a lot of, a lot of teams don't have their guy. Um, I just want to go over a couple of the future they place because I feel really good about them. Okay. And I just want you all to celebrate. Um, I'm sad to start this money. last episode, so we're not going to be able to laugh in the future. Well, you know, I'll be off celebrating on a boat somewhere with all the money I made. So the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South is at plus 310 right now. I know everybody loves the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're a year away. I think the defense is not where it needs to be. Um, I think Lawrence will improve, but I keep getting back to Mike Vrabel. He's a great coach. They're not a sexy football team, but good coaching goes a long way. And in that crappy division, which Megan, you know, all too well, Titans come out on top. Okay. You like it? I, um, I, 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 um, it, you wouldn't it, bet the Colts right now, right? I mean, I know you love them, but you wouldn't bet them. The division is so bad. I think the Titans are not good. I think Jacksonville will be fine. I, I think it's like one of those things where it's like they, everyone is bad in that division that it's very hard to predict. Yes. That's I, why coaching wins out. Everyone is bad. Coaching wins out. Vrabel's a good coach. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Minnesota Vikings to win the a- NFC North. I know they were so underwhelming and so lucky last year, but they have the most talented roster in that yeah. division. So I think that's yeah. no brainer. Plus two sixty. I parlayed those two together. Um, and then I against guess, your guy Dan Campbell. Yeah, I like him too. I'm looking for value here. Okay. Um, Vikings, Titans, and Steelers to make the playoffs. I got that in a parlay. I absolutely love it. Um, I put a couple Super Bowl and MVP heads. Like yeah, you? I think yeah, they went seven and two down the stretch last year, and uh-huh. um, not enough people are talking about it. We are all looking at obviously the Giants had a great end to their season. Eddie's Giants, they made the playoffs. Like you know, they have a really great coach and Dable. Um, but I just think that the Steelers, I mean, they're one of the best coach teams in the league, and going seven and two down the stretch, pretty impressive. Builds a lot of momentum into the season. I okay. like it. Okay. I like it a I- lot to make the playoffs. Um, so we shall see. And I'm addicted to betting futures because just from being in the office that I'm in today, I've already come up with like four more that I'm going to place. I am ready to go. I put $500 into my account yesterday and I said, we're back time to go nuts. So we'll see how long it lasts. All right. Hard knocks. Megan. So it was four episodes. I'm really glad it's over. Um, I watched the final episode like halfway uh-huh. because I just was like, oh, I don't care anymore. And like, we're we're just like getting so little. I do have to say, I think if this is the wave of um, how it's going to go, where teams can, can have the attitude of, we didn't want to do this, so we're going to limit the access. I think I may be done watching. I think oh, the glory, no. Are you gonna think watch the, the glory of hard knocks might be gone unless unless teams embrace it. The like four minute sopranos intro that they did with Robert Saul. I'm like, they I are I thought it was great. You didn't like it? 30 seconds I could have t- it was so long, Megan. I mean, so- they have to fill an hour of TV. 
So I think what I did like about this, if they're not getting access, at least they're allowing NFL films to get creative with things like that. And Robert Sala obviously was in on it. If the other players aren't in on it, I thought it was it was a nice um, creative moment uh, that we got to see in a team that hasn't given us a lot of access. Yeah, I guess because I think if it was like, oh, this had been a a really interesting season and then they do that. But I go, you're just you're filling you're you're like you're vamping. And I'm I'm bored with this. I liked it. I thought they made lemonade out of lemons. I was a fan of it. And it seemed like the Internet was too. I mean, look, you can't go wrong with Sopranos, right? You have a bunch of middle aged men who love football um Miller Lite beer and the Sopranos, right? Or Budweiser beer and the Sopranos. It's like this is this is this is what it's all about. It was a can't miss situation, right? Now since we since I was like I mean it missed with me. Since I was zoned out, did Tanzel make the team? No, Tanzel didn't make it. No. And then I know the white boy who rapped didn't make it. I don't know. It felt I did love Tanzel's daughter. Her. It felt like a four episode Aaron Rodgers infomercial. And that's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, I did like this episode. I felt like the last two episodes got better in Hard Knocks. We did get to meet some of the guys who were on the bubble. We got to see their families. We got to go in their house. We got to see the making of a Carcucci board, which is fantastic. He was so passionate about making that cartucci board. He did board. a great job. I mean, when he made the salami into like a flower, when he was putting it on the wine glass, I'm like, this does not look good. And then he flipped it and I'm like, what a hater I am. This is gorgeous. Carcucci board and had a t-shirt on that said Carcucci. I need one of those t-shirts. I know I wouldn't be the only one to buy one. So please put them out um, and start changing the name of charcuterie to car. Coochie. I think it was one of the best lines throughout. I did feel like we got to see more and more of Aaron Rodgers' personality as this went on and Nathaniel Hackett's personality. And oh perhaps my, my favorite moment of the hard knock season was Aaron Rodgers goes into the meeting room and everybody is giving him a hard time about how he got a haircut. And Aaron Rodgers is... And he didn't even get a haircut. Everybody. He got his beard trimmed. Yes, but he is explaining to everybody that he only gets a haircut done by certain people, which I don't think is that weird. I only let certain people touch my hair as well. And it is it is difficult when you move to a place, you have your guy or you have your gal, and then you're handing off the trust card to somebody else. And not everybody does the same quality of work. And then we learn about Nathaniel Hackett and the haircut that he used to have. Now, Nathaniel Hackett isn't really blessed in the hair department. We've talked about this before. It's why he has the goatee and the goatee has certainly helped him with this glow up. But he introduced us to a product I didn't even know was a thing. It is called the Flow Bee. It is the revolutionary the revolutionary haircutting system that you come to love. It is, I'm on their website right now. It says, hi, my name is Rick Hunts, inventor of Floby, and I know that you're going to love it. It basically is a haircutting machine that looks like a mini vacuum, vacuum. slash leaf blower. Uh-huh. Um, no, he, Nathaniel Hackett didn't have it. 
He said he always wanted it, but his mom wouldn't buy it for him. Here's my thing with Nathaniel Hackett. I think it's one of the, like, I think him and Aaron Rodgers are like on the same wavelength. I think Aaron Rodgers thinks he's really funny. And then when you saw him in the offensive uh, meeting room and he's doing the gold member stuff and you see the younger guys and they are cringing. And so it's like Rodgers is looking around like he's killing and it's like he's bombing. A-Rod, um, but I love that you love him. And I I now know why he got a Broncos job. And it's only because you told people he was funny. I think he is funny, though. I think low-key funny. I don't think everybody understands his humor. And I think that's why it didn't work in Denver. But now that we see Hard Knock, we see his humor. We see Aaron Rodgers agreeing with him. We see that he's quirky. I think it's going to work somewhere else. And I also is looking think- around like, what is happening? <laughs> I also think we need to get a Floby. I'm on their website right now. They're not cheap, but I do think we should invest in one of these. You I'm can get the Floby system for $149.95. This no. should have been a hit during COVID. Nobody could get their hair cut during COVID. Flobies, that was its time. Yeah, I would get it for Conrad, but it looks um, dangerous. I have to say my favorite part of the whole season also came in this episode, and it's when they were the guys were talking about their favorite Broadway shows. So I love that they've all gone to see Broadway shows. I think that is like, oh my, I almost like forget the Jets and the Giants are in New York because I think of them as like being in New Jersey. And I don't think the guys like live in Manhattan, but Mm -hmm. they're all talking, they all loved Back to the Future, the musical, which is truly hilarious. And they're, they're going and the guys like, one of the guys is like, Book of Mormon, I laugh my ass. And then when they were asking each other sincerely, like, what was your favorite one? They all very sincerely and emphatically said, wicked. And I thought that was gorgeous. Like, I'm like, Zach Wilson, I love you. Like, you get it. If if wicked is your favorite musical, you're an elevated intellect. Yeah, I and I'm I'm actually really happy that I got to see front row and in person your your switcheroo on on Zach Wilson because you really were not a fan whatsoever. Another moment that I wanted to point out that I enjoyed from Hard Knocks, Randall Cobb, um, he got hit with a penalty, blindside hit, and he's they pan over to the stands where you see his wife and his beautiful children and his wife so supportive. I think that was a great block, she said. It was. And unfortunately, it was just a rule change. You're not allowed to do that anymore. But I do love Aaron Rodgers busting his chops and saying, hey, dude, that's going to be all your training. Not 2015. Yeah. And um, the wife immediately saying, oh, we're going to get a notice in the mail. Like, it's just, okay. here comes the fine. Here it comes. Um, But a great moment. I'm really happy for Randall Cobb. I, I, I like if I can take a couple of things away from Hard Knocks, Randall Cobb, meeting his family, hearing his story about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers and sort of his journey through the NFL. Um, I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that we got that because he is one of those players that has been around for a really, really, really long time. And his days are, you know, he's, he's on the back nine. He's, he's on the last hole. When he gets to be with his friend and he's having another kid. um, I think him and his family are beautiful. Uh, So uh, a lackluster hard knock season, but still exciting moments. Speaking of fines, I sent you this story and this is um, the final NFL story I want to touch on. But Eli Apples, I believe ex-girlfriend, the mother of his child, posted on her social media. She is actually asking for people to 
go for his hamstring, injure him, basically. I'm, I am looking at this and I go, just from a monetary standpoint, don't you want the father of your child to make as much money as possible? Because that's trickle down economics. Like if he makes a bunch of money, don't you get some of that money? Yeah. And I think a lot of times it one, my first initial reaction to this is I laugh because I think it's, it's silly and funny, but then I also think about child support and how it works with the courts and how divorce works with the courts. This is in writing. This is the easiest thing to bring to a court of law and say, look, she's wishing for my injuries. Exactly. Like, do we understand that the, all of these things are evidence and in right. I just, come on, let's, it, I, and it's you can't get away saying though this was tongue in cheek. No, she was really saying that. But yeah. and if he's injured, he can't help with the child. Like I have a friend who's married, and he tore his ACL playing beach volleyball. The most angry person was his wife because then it's like, well, now I have to pick up the kid constantly. Like you do not want your spouse to be injured when you have. Well, I guess they're not spouses, even your ex spouse, because it's like if he has to have surgery, well, then he's not taking the kid. If he's in a boot, he can't walk with the kid. Like you're you're hurting yourself here, gal. Yeah, definitely hurting the family. Interesting tweet to put on out there, but very spiteful. And um, for that, I say good for you. You know, he must have did something really bad. He must have really um, (laughs) What do we think he did? It had to be at least cheating. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm guessing cheating while she was pregnant, leaving her while she was pregnant. I mean, listen, I would just DM people a voice memo and say, hey, take out his hammy um, to post on the stories. It's bold, girl. Let's take a break. We'll come back with some baseball and some college football. Megan, we're back. The last back. I forgot to tell you something. You were talking about striking earlier and all that. And I just have to share a little anecdote of my own about striking. Um, I'm doing this renovation on this home, um, well-documented in this hotel. I got a call from the woman who was managing the project. You know, she's in charge of making sure everybody gets paid on time and that all of the work gets done. Um, I hired her so that I could focus on work and not be involved. And it hasn't really worked out that way. She called me 19 times a day during this podcast. Right now I have 17 text messages from her that I haven't looked at. But um, she called me the other day and told me that our workers were striking. So uh, they didn't show up. To do now, are they, are they striking individually against you or like as a whole? <laughs> she said they just didn't show up to work. Um, well, and she said, and then she called and I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, can you fix it? Like whatever you need to do, can you pay them? Like I gave you all the money. Can you please pay them? Um, they did show up eventually. I don't know where they were. I don't know what the issues were with the strike. But apparently there was a period of time where the workers who are in charge of finishing this project were striking at my home. So. They're saying it's a uh, labor, hot labor summer. I mean, I'm spiraling. It's really everyone I know is doing so mentally terribly, not to mention financially. I'm now hearing this may go into 2024. Um, Cause the thing is, it's like, we're, we're already almost to September. It's gotten contentious again. If it goes into October, no work gets done in LA in November or December. It just doesn't. So it's like, if it picks back up in October, that's great, but it's not going to be like hit the ground running because this town likes to clock out like November 15th. Um, we're all very worried. It's 1 million degrees out here. I'm supposed to pick it tomorrow. And I'm like, 
I don't know if my newly lasered top lip can even handle it. <laughs> oh God. Maybe, you know, that it's, it's, it's hot out. So, uh, I know my girl Kendra, which is my remaining kidney needs to be a hydrated queen. So make sure you keep hydrating for those kidneys. I love my water. Um, this is um, this is the final segment of Megan Fono Sports we're ever going to do. Ever. This is it. <laughs> Sad. And what are we going to talk about? Baseball and college football. All right. College football I am excited about. I will say very excited about tomorrow. Oh, my God. It's it's really back. Florida against Utah. Utah is obviously ranked number 14. I I don't think as we were talking about betting, I thought about it. I thought about I thought about betting the Utes to win the Pac-12. Don't think they're going to do it 3 years in a row. My money is on Washington to win the Pac-12. Are we the Pac-12 of podcasting? Um, oh my gosh, we basically are. I actually feel like the SMU of podcasting cuz mm. SMU is trying so badly to join the ACC that they're saying we will join the conference and you don't have to pay us any TV money for seven years. They're basically saying we will pay you to just be in the ACC. So the ACC is voting on this. They're going to get Stanford. I forget who else. And the SMU. They're basically Cal, thank you. Stanford, Cal, SMU. They're getting three schools for the price of two. And the SMU boosters are like, we'll cover the difference. I mean, it's kind of. This insane. is all a mess. I mean, the reason this is, it's, we're in the bottom of the first inning in this college football uh, realignment. I don't even know if we can call that realignment because we're going to get to the point, right? Where an Ohio State says, why the heck am I getting the same amount of money as Rutgers? That shouldn't yeah. be the case. But like that's not how it works when you look at other leagues, right? Like the Jets have been bad forever. Guess yeah. what? They still take home the same television share as all 31 other teams. You could say mm-hmm. the same thing about the NBA and teams that haven't been as good. So this is going to get really, really, really messy. Um and unfortunately, I think it is going to consolidate the sport as a whole. Yeah. And and you're really finding out like, oh, we've always known that certain schools, MS, SMU is notorious for cheating and their boosters paying out of pocket and, and just sort of cutting every single corner possible. And now, and now that that's allowed, the boosters are just out here being like, hello, we own every single car dealership. That's what I imagine all boosters own car dealerships because I, I, they don't seem like brain surgeons to Yeah, me. well, one of the problems is too, like the NCAA should have control or some governing body control. should have, have control, lost control over what TV deals get, do- get, get done, but they left those TV deals up to the conferences. Yeah. And then the Pac-12 obviously struggled with their deal. It led to their demise. The Big Ten and the SEC made a bunch of money. Everybody else wanted that money. And so now it's a complete disaster versus if if a governing body of some sort, maybe it's not the NCAA because they're corrupt too, but if a governing body of some sort was able to negotiate for the product as a whole, but it is a complete disaster. Regardless, I'm still going to enjoy college football this season. I am, even though my team is a complete disaster. I love the sport. I love everything about it. Now, something that we need to keep in mind, 
um, there are a few new rules heading into the season. One of those is the clock does not stop now after first down conversions, which is why we were on the unders for the beginning of um, okay, okay, you're smart because you're smart. it is cutting down on time in the games. Now, eventually, okay. the books are gonna pick up on it, and you know, they probably already, you know, there's no value in doing that anymore. But it is something to keep in mind for those college football fans out there. Games are gonna be you know, anywhere from three to five minutes shorter, which I think is good because yes. a lot of college football games have been a little bit too long. Um, my hot team heading into the season, I am fully on board with Florida State. I think that their quarterback could be the surprise Heisman Trophy winner this season. How about a hot take to end Megan Fun of sports? Wow. Um, I think I have, I think USC, if they get even like half of a defense, it's going to be exciting. Yes, um, uh, their defense, they do not play it at all whatsoever. No. Um, they're, they're, oh gosh. No. I do, you'll like this Conrad's, um, Con, Conrad's swim lesson had to be adjusted for the UCLA game. <laughs> okay. So people are now into college football. Well, he takes swim lessons at Rose Bowl Aquatic. And so it's all on the Rose Bowl, like campus. Okay. And even though it's, it's, it's less, it's probably a quarter of a mile from the stadium, but I think everything in that area is used for parking so much so that they're like, listen, boot the kids who want to swim. We got college football back. I love it. And I just mentioned Florida state. Obviously I just said they're my team for the year. What better way to kick off the season than LSU, the number five team in the country led by Brian Kelly taking on Florida State in Orlando, neutral site, that Camping World Stadium, which is kind of a dump. But um, obviously the Florida Florida home crowd um, gives Florida State a little bit of an advantage here. And it will be a test for Jordan Travis, my guy, the guy I want to win the Heisman. Um, I think this team is has been down for a while and they have had some coaching issues um, and now – and now it seems like they're back on track. You talk about boosters, Megan. These boosters want nothing more than the Knowles to be back to the promise. We need a booster. Days. We got to get a booster or like a benefactor. I've always wanted an anonymous benefactor like Miss Havisham and Great Expectations. I'll take a booster. I was uh, really hoping my landlord in Florida would just like secretly put us in her will. And then someday I get a call like, oh, you and Andrew were put in the will. You also got to watch telemarketers on HBO. I heard about that too. I, I did hear Brother Bri was texting me earlier and telling me I need to watch Wow, that. it's insane. Um, okay, I do want to touch on one sad thing in baseball. Um, our dear beloved Shohei Otani tore his UCL. Yes. He can't pitch. He's still hitting. Mm -hmm. And like, as a fan of him and and of, of sort of MLB's eggs going in his basket... I am glad he's still playing. Like, I think for him to not be in the game at all is so bad, especially as Eddie mentioned, the Yankees are out of it. It's like, you've got sort of these like big marquee people and teams. And it's like, well, then, then now we're almost in September and baseball is like, Meh, you don't want that. Well, one of the cool things, though, I think we need to point out, he's still playing. Not only is he playing, but he's playing pretty well. I mean, he's hit 286 over his last four games, went three for nine, two doubles, a triple, two stolen bases, five walks. I mean, that was all against the Mets over this past weekend. Otani is playing really, really well. And the biggest question now, though, heading into the offseason, we wanted to know where Otani is going to end up. Does this injury help him 
stay with the Los Angeles Angels? I don't know. I don't, I mean, he, the, I think it adjusts the price tag maybe a little bit. Um, but it's like now that he has this injury and he's overcoming it and still being able to bat, it's like teams need a teams need a hitter, you know, like he, and I don't think any team that was like in on Otani is now out on Otani. Right. I mean, this is an injury. Many players come back from, in fact, many players are better after they tear their UCL. So but is he is he more injury prone because he is playing way more than other guys are playing? I don't know. Um, I'm not a doctor, um, but I also don't I don't think you're going to be able to tell him no. You can't. No, you can't. He's the face of baseball right now. You can't tell him no. I think he also is everything you have going on. Yeah. I think even if he was like playing out there with no one watching, I think he's just like a competitor at his core. And he's like, I'm pitching and I'm hitting. Yeah, it could be. Well, I hope um, for Angels fans sakes that Otani ends up back in Los Angeles. And I know he's not going to end up with the White Sox. So I hope he stays in Los Angeles, but like comes a little north to where the actual team in Los Angeles is. The Dodgers. and, you know, in a weird way, it's very uh, hockey guy of him to continue playing. I kind of like it. I know it's people badass. are like, oh, it's stupid, but I kind of. No, I think he's a badass. Like Maybe it's not a great financial decision because. going to make $500 million. So it's like, whatever. But I mean, you're, you are putting yourself at risk, yeah. right? Like, yes, yes, yes. You get hit by a pitch or something goes wrong or you pull a hamstring. I mean, he is putting himself at risk by continuing to play. But whatever, you the guy wants to play, let him play. Oh, Megan. Oh, Megan. Well, I am very sad that this is our last episode, but I thoroughly enjoyed doing this show with you. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed working with all of the folks over at Extra Points. We had a lot of laughs. Um, I always remember our time in Vegas together and staying over at your house and all of the um, wonderful shows that I got to go watch you do stand-up at. That was very fun. Um, And... I know you'll be a friend forever, Pinky Promise. Forever. Um, Megan, you're doing so many exciting things. Let the people know where they can see you now that um, M-O-S is ending. M-M-F. See, this is why we're ending. M-F-S. M-O-F-S. Megan Fun of. Megan. M-F-O-S. Yep, that's it. Um. They can catch me on Peacock for WWE. Um, I am all over Peacock for WWE. I'm, I've uh, transitioned to studio host for WWE, which is why I made this move to Connecticut. But Mondays, it is Raw Talk that is live on Peacock immediately after Monday Night Raw. Tuesdays, you can catch me on international shows for WWE, including this week in WWE. Um, but most of those are played internationally. And then on uh, Wednesdays, it's WWE's The Bump live on Peacock at 1 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays, um, SmackDown Lowdown on Peacock at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And then um, once a month after pay-per-views, I will be on a very special post-WWE's The Bump recap show. So that takes place. It will go live Sunday, 10 a.m. on Peacock. 
Megan, that's so much. Um, I am going to be hitting the road in September. I'll be going to Chicago, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Indianapolis. And on the sports front, I'm going to be rebooting the Megan Gailey bubble machine. Probably going to be under a different name. I'm still going to be talking sports, all things I love, lots of opinions. And I'm going to be working on it with my husband um, and his company, Follow Through, uh, which has amazing merch, uh, directs uh, really incredible sports content. So I'll still be yapping about sports, probably crying about the Colts in mm, 11 days and missing missing my Megan. Um, but ah, I don't want it to end. Um, Eddie, thank you so much for, for being our producer and, and putting up with us. And thank you to the entire Extra Points family, especially Sal's wife, who we love. Oh, um, we do love Melissa. Love Melissa, love Sal's boys. Harrison, better get out there and start fielding grounders because I want him to go to the Little League World Series. It's and love dirty. And we can all go. It would be so much less creepy to go to the Little League World Series if Harrison is playing in it. Yeah, you have to know someone. <laughs> um, and it's been such a fun run and, and we are so sad it's over, but... We're still alive. We are. And Not that is a good um, thing to be. Um, so everybody, thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. Shout out to Kevin, our biggest Megan Fun Sports fan. Yeah, Kevin's um, going to be sad. <laughs> and we will, we will see you guys um, some other soon. time. We'll yeah. see you soon.